Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. The title of this podcast, Holidays with Family, might have made you skeptical that Muslims don't really celebrate holidays in winter, unless of course Eid falls in the winter. <laughs> that might happen in the next few decades. But I wanted to bring this topic in because there are very few of us that are not affected by the businesses or the schools being closed and people who've been away from home, they're returning from work or school to come back to their families. They come back to the families of their origin to spend time off. So when I mean holidays, I mean time off from work and school and other obligations that you might have been otherwise tied to for the rest of your year. And if you are celebrating holidays, then happy holidays to you. And this podcast will still apply to you. If you've been blessed that the family of your origin understands you and supports you, then spending time with them over the holidays isn't a big deal. It's actually something you might look forward to. But if anybody in your immediate family, cousins, or in-laws are people that push your buttons, then holidays become a challenge. And that's what I'm going to address today from the perspective of Islam and science. So human beings are wired for connection. As babies, we receive that connection from our caregivers. And most of the time, those are our parents. But sometimes they're not. Either way, we have one or two stable figures in our life to help us navigate the emotional roller coaster of early childhood. In that case, we make secure connections with adults if a caregiver is present in our early childhood to help us give meaning to these emotional states, then we make secure connections as adults. This is basically the gist behind attachment theory, which says that we depend on other people's thoughts to help us navigate our emotions as children. When babies perceive a threat or if they're uncomfortable because of hunger or a dirty diaper, for that situation, they don't have a developed enough nervous system yet to make sense of what's going on around them. So they depend on adults to make sense of it for them and help them alleviate the situation. This wiring for connectivity lasts our entire life. The only difference is that after your prefrontal cortex is developed, on average that happens around 25 years of age, at that point you can parent your own self then you don't necessarily have to rely on a caregiver to provide you with comfort thoughts in a stressful situation. You are able to have that insight and that security system for yourself. Again, the only caveat is that underlying need of a connectivity always remains. So a beautiful thing in our religion is that we are told never to break ties with our family members. When I mention this, people tell me that they are in toxic relationships and their immediate families are either abusive or manipulative so how is it that they can continue to keep these ties when it's detrimental to their own health? In these situations, the question of showing up to be with these family members during holidays becomes tricky. I want you to try on this definition of relationship. Your relationship with somebody is your thoughts about them. Everything and everyone that is outside of you, no matter how toxic you perceive them to be, is a neutral circumstance. Meaning, Mother constantly reminds you that you are not good at what you do, or you can never be successful. If you really apply your mind to it, and you make the mother a circumstance, then the language your mother says 
doesn't have to amount to anything. It's a circumstance. It's neutral. It does not have to have any emotional meaning attached to it, unless you believe her. If your mother has been telling you this all of your life, then chances are that your feelings are tethered to how your mother treats you, which is a classic trauma response, meaning your feeling line or your emotional state gets tethered to the circumstance. Every time the mother remotely mentions anything that can imply you are not good enough, you go to that place of anger, frustration, or upset. Even if the mother is nowhere near you physically, since that voice is running in your subconscious, it affects you everywhere you go. So the key with these types of relationships really lies with making your circumstance as neutral as possible. Circumstances are always neutral. You just have to work on making them neutral in your head. So instead of thinking mother is being toxic is a circumstance, clarify to yourself that this is a woman speaking words. Make the language of the circumstance as boring as possible until you do not feel any emotional response being evoked in your body. The purpose of finding this boring neutral language is that once you are able to identify that the mother does not cause your feelings, you can then choose how is it that you want to react to the situation. And this is where being a practicing Muslim becomes extremely important. Because nowhere in Islam says that you can be disrespectful to your parents. Nowhere does it say that you can break your ties with them based on how they treat you. There are countless narrations in our tradition where we are supposed to show them kindness, mercy, and love. We're supposed to be gentle to them. We're not even supposed to say a word of frustration to them. In the Quran, Surah Al-Isra, Surah 17, Ayat 23 and 24 says, And your Lord has commanded you not to worship anyone other than Allah and treat parents with benevolence. It does not say to treat them with benevolence on the condition that they do the same to you. It says treat them like that regardless of how they show up. All of this can be quite controversial when I say this, but stay with me exercise for this holiday season is to think of a relationship that you think is toxic. Even if it's somebody that you don't see on holidays or even if you choose not to see them this holiday. Think of that person and make their existence into a really boring language, something that almost sounds robotic. A female human is speaking words. A 67-year-old male human is talking. Husband's mother is moving her mouth and sound is coming out of it. (laughs) I purposefully didn't use the term mother-in-law here because some people have trauma response attached just to those words. And depending on how much of an autonomic response your body generates, you will have to continue to modify the language of the circumstance until you do not feel any reaction in your body. Once you have identified a language that is separate from the emotions in your body, then apply what is it that Islam asks you to do in this situation. Islam asks you to be gentle and merciful. Can you find that in yourself? Can you at least begin to be gentle and merciful to you? Because when you think other people are being toxic, you are only hurting yourself. You are in judgment of them. You are the one experiencing stress towards the situation. Or you are the one that has hate or regret and a lot of hurt. You might be projecting these emotions towards somebody else. You might think that these emotions are directed to somebody outside of you. 
when in reality you are the only one experiencing them. Nobody outside of you can feel your feelings no matter how intense they are or how strongly you project them onto others. Even if you have anger bottled up inside of you and you have sworn you're not going to get in touch with your family, you're not going to talk to them over the holidays or see them again. They are not being affected by that anger because they have their own minds to manage their emotional state from. You are the only person who is seeing the adverse effects of this anger. So just pay attention to how beautiful this design is. Even if a person is being toxic, your responsibility becomes to find love, mercy, and benevolence in this situation because you are the only one who's going to benefit from the love and mercy. If you cannot find peace in a situation that is attached to your trigger, then can you at least find peace and love for yourself? Living in a chronic stress response of a detrimental relationship is only harmful to your health. I don't have to tell you the harmful health effects of chronic cortisol secretion of stress response. So these relationships and the holidays are a curriculum. Ask yourself, how are these relationships designed so you can then make the language around them as neutral as possible? And then you can see your choice in the matter. Where is it that you can show up from compassion and mercy? And above all, can you show up from love? It doesn't even have to be love and compassion towards the other person. It can just start with you being compassionate, forgiving for yourself. I choose to think that the person is not being toxic towards me because that only hurts me. And I choose to prioritize myself. I choose love for myself. I choose to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other person always has the freedom to show up however they want. This type of thinking can be applied to in-laws, to adult children, even colleagues. Leverage your tool these holidays, and the tool is your mind. If you are in an abusive situation where abuse is defined as transgression of the bounds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for you, then listen on. I see so many examples of financial abuse from husbands towards their wives because these women want to do more but have no financial literacy, don't have the basic knowledge of how a bank account works. They don't even know what is in their bank account because the husband says it's supposed to be for both of them. But when it comes to the woman wanting to spend it on something that she thinks is important, scarcity sets in. We don't have money for that. I work really hard for the money and you just want to spend it on your musings. Becomes the point of control by the husband. Controlling other people through money is a type of abuse. Please get educated if that is your situation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you the right to be financially independent. If your husband takes it away from you, then don't be victimized by it. Look at your situation and see where you can help yourself. And can you get any outside help? This podcast is all about you finding that strength and connection with yourself and with Allah. Utilize tools given here to strengthen your inner guidance so then you can stand up for yourself or the abuse. In situations like these, people experience learned helplessness. But you are not helpless. You've just learned that behavior. You can also unlearn it. So how is it that you're supposed to reconcile if you're not supposed to cut ties with your biological family and if they're overtly abusing you? 
And this is where that ruling would not apply. I don't know of any religious scholar who would ask you to continue to expose yourself to a situation that is traumatic to your physical, mental, or spiritual health. That is not in the teachings of Islam. Again, where you want to start is find as neutral of a language as you possibly can towards the other person. Male human in my marriage contract uttered some words. Mother's, sister's, son has an opinion about my hijab. Keep trying neutral language. Now, this is where the real power lies. If you cannot find another person to be neutral no matter how hard you try, meaning every time and every way you think of a person, it evokes an emotional response in you, then you have to separate yourself from the situation long enough so you can heal. Take space to create safety for yourself and find the neutrality of the circumstance. Take the time to visualize that the other person does not trigger you. Your thoughts trigger you. This does not mean that you're going to be cutting ties with them. This teaching that you're not supposed to cut ties with your immediate family is commonly used as a mantra by the perpetrators. This is classic spiritual abuse, keeps the victim in self-shaming mode, and keeps them feeling helpless so they don't attempt to find an escape or look for help. Anything in the religion can be misused to impose authority where they're supposed to be protecting your rights. So I'm going to offer you this again, and this concept alone has changed my life. Your relationship with someone is your thoughts about them. Think about this. How you perceive someone depends on your mind, and the language of your mind are your thoughts. You can even have relationships with people you've never met. Now imagine your relationship with the Prophet ﷺ. You have never met him in this life, but you are constantly striving to live according to his teachings. You're constantly trying to imitate his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is your relationship with him because Islam tells you to love the Prophet. How can you love someone you've never met? But inshallah, by practicing the teachings of Islam, most of us try to do exactly that. We love the Prophet, peace be upon him. We do that by accumulating more and more respectful and loving thoughts about the Prophet, peace be upon him. The more inspiration we find in the seerah of our Prophet through our mind, the more loving this relationship becomes. So our relationship with someone is our thoughts about them, independent of if they are physically present or absent. If you want to improve your relationship with somebody this holiday season, you have to work on thinking better quality thoughts about them. And if you cannot get yourself to think quality thoughts, then separate yourself from the situation long enough to heal yourself. This is not equivalent to you breaking ties. This is actually your attempt to keep ties. Because constant exposure to the toxicity puts you at a risk of losing your spirituality. Or you doing something out of anger. That is something that you will later regret then distancing yourself from that person is your attempt to keep your ties for the long run. Untether your feelings from the circumstance. What that would look like that you might walk away from abuse. You find your strength, love, and integrity within yourself, even if it is just for yourself. And once you've strengthened that self-relationship, then you can reevaluate If you want to physically reinsert that person back into your life or not. How long that takes will depend on how much work you have put in or how much support you have 
And what is the extent of the trauma? Believe it or not, all of this can be done to strengthen your relationship. If distancing yourself from an abusive situation means that you can work on cultivating more quality thoughts about that other person, then this is exactly what strengthening the ties of kinship means. I'm going to insert a gentle reminder here that abuse is different than people being nosy or quirky because they just say things that are on their minds without really thinking about it. Although everyone has a different threshold of what they think is abuse. If after distancing yourself from the situation, you found yourself and have found the courage that no one else can degrade and humiliate you, then you can experiment if you'd like to connect back to the people that put you through this process. And again, all of this can be done from a place and intention of love. Meaning, in an exaggerated situation, you can distance yourself to heal the ties of kinship. Dr. Rania Awad, a psychiatrist, clinical associate professor at Stanford, director of Stanford Muslim Mental Health Lab, and professor of Islamic law at Zaytuna College, says, Islam will never allow yourself to be in a situation where you are demeaned and humiliated or put yourself in a place of abuse and harm. So whoever is using the teachings of Islam to continue abuse, this is the ultimate misrepresentation of the teachings. Seek help. Ask people of knowledge. Get some guidance. Surah An-Nahl, Surah 16, Ayah 43. Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So treat these holidays and these relationships as a curriculum where you get to learn how to manage your mind around people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want you to break ties with. I am having an upcoming workshop on December 26th where we talk about how your experiences as a child shape your thoughts that you might be perceiving abuse in certain situations. We are going to evaluate attachment theory which tells us if we are securely or insecurely attached in our current relationships and how that is affecting our thoughts about our loved ones. Inshallah, I have designed the workshop so that by the end of it, you will learn your attachment style and how you can use it to create love and meaning in your relationships. You can utilize that information for this holiday season and the upcoming years, inshallah. So for more information about that, go to my website, www.islamiclifecourseschool.com I will leave a link in the show notes. The thought to borrow from this podcast is if you find yourself in an abusive situation being constantly shamed then you can distance yourself to strengthen your ties of kinship because your ties of kinship are the quality of the thoughts you're having about them. Unless you can improve that quality you cannot be in a healthy relationship. And if that means that you have to separate yourself from it, that's exactly what you should do. And if it means that you go home for your holidays and enjoy the time with your family, all the while working on the quality of your thoughts, then that is exactly what you should do. Apply whatever means necessary to improve that filter of your mind, because that is how the entire world is being soaked into your body, including your close relationships. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that information in this podcast and in combination with the workshop coming up will be extremely transformative to you. I pray to Allah that we are able to find quality thoughts about our relationships in a way that He wants us to show up in obedience of His teachings of Islam. I pray that we are able to find love, mercy, 
compassion, and benevolent for the people that we have an obligation towards. Please keep me in your du'as. I will speak to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.